All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, sponsored by Lionbolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest in Future Titan today, all the way from the Washington, D.C. area, and we're going to expand on that so much more, but Melinda Estridge. Melinda, thank you so much for taking the time. It's an absolute thrill and an honor to have you on the show. Thank you very much. So I can't wait to dive into the series of questions. Really just everybody out there who's tuning in live with us right now, whether they're listening or watching, to really, really understand who you are and why you do what you do and just get to know you a bit better. So uh, with that being said, Melinda, if you're ready, uh, let's just start with the first question, which is telling everybody just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, as we talked about earlier, <clears throat> it's been so long ago since I entered the real estate field that I have to remember back to really, you know, put together what happened and transpired. So I'd attended law school with every intention of going into law. Hmm. But back in the early 70s, there wasn't a, a clear path for women. And I've told this story many times in my career okay. <clears throat> that, you know, it was basically, especially in the DC area, a very male driven profession okay. and women weren't making partner. And I always tended to be a bit entrepreneurial. So I was got my real estate license and started selling real estate to sort of bridge that gap before I entered the law world. Hmm. Well, it started taking off and I could see pretty quickly that real estate really did not have glass ceilings for women during that time period, that wow. both men and women were equally uh, being successful and building their business. And I don't think homeowners were as threatened by a woman handling the process hmm. as they might accept them in other fields of business. So wow. when I saw how well that was doing and then had the law experience that I thought was helpful, hmm. I just continued on and the rest is history. Wow. And, and again, the, the thought process of you making that shift and adjustment to really not have that glass ceiling and, and, and really uh, burn as hot and make a big impact, you know, and having those uh, lack of restrictions, I think is a huge message out there for everybody. And obviously your career has adjusted over time and, and you've really learned and grown and, and made such an impact in the real estate world. So I would love to dive in a little bit to that, Melinda, as to when you got into real estate to kind of where you are today and, and what that journey looked like. So what's that for you? Now, when you say journey, just the time from getting in until moving forward. I mean, there's yeah. a, it's been 42 years this year. Wow. I no longer pay realtor dues, Love that. <laughs> which Love is a that. benefit, a little yeah. emeritus there. Um, it is a long road. And I think when I got into the business, it was a much longer road than it is now okay. because okay. the tools and systems and education that is now provided to everyone is so different than it used to be. And as mm -hmm. I said to you earlier, it was, we were pre-internet, pre-cell phone. You had to get out of the car to make a phone call. Mm -hmm. You know, everything you did um, was on lag time and realtors owned the knowledge of houses on the market and all of the information people needed to buy and sell. Now, as we know, everything is totally public. Sure. And so everyone thought that the real estate profession would die out as a result, mm -hmm. much like travel agents and other professions that have not stood the test of time. But real estate, actually, realtors have become very instrumental for people that they may, in fact, find the property themselves 
but the guidance and the navigation through the process, really trusting someone to know if they're making the right move, introducing them to different areas and things that they may not have thought of before. You know, when you think about it, we have 60 page contracts here in DC, which is different than areas like Florida and other areas where it's still, you know, a lot smaller than that. But to navigate through all that, if you don't know what you're doing, they really feel the need to have that experienced person for the most part. Mm -hmm. We have seen the onset of discount realtors and people that really don't provide the service but more just the mechanism and the website and their order takers. Right. But especially now during COVID and this time period, I think those people are having a very difficult time because mm-hmm. your expertise and knowledge and what needs to happen and telling people what they need to hear, you know, has become much more important. So mm-hmm. luckily, or I should say gratefully, people like myself, you know, have really risen to the top that people want to know is now it's consulting. It's not just order taking. Mm -hmm. So the people that have been successful, I think are even more successful now during this time period. And I'm sure like other areas in the country, because I talked to people all over the country and other agents, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone appears to be on fire, even in lagging markets with multiple offers, lack of inventory, interest rates being very low and in this election year. Mm -hmm. So that's the good news through all of this. And I think you had mentioned earlier that agents had said they'd been through numerous shifts in Mm -hmm. both the economy and the real estate industry. And I mean, from the time that, you know, the gas crisis were in the seventies, you were waiting in line to get gas for two to three hours, Mm-hmm. 9-11, certainly the crash of the market in the 80s, and then again in the 90s, mm-hmm. 2004 to 2006, and then shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. where you were picking up the pieces because so many people were losing their homes and the lending industry had changed dramatically. Wow. All those are shifts. And mm-hmm. if you can't bob and weave and figure out you know, how to make things work in all of those markets. It's what keeps the job interesting and it makes you more knowledgeable, more professional and the ability to grow, Hmm. which if you can stick with it, because you'll find that probably 30% of all realtors that are not doing as well are very frustrated and are giving up and leaving the business. Mm -hmm. And other people that are now unemployed in other professions are looking to real estate is this an avenue that might work for me? So we all know what, about 1% to 2% of all the people that enter the business really treat the business as a business and run it effectively and at a high level. Mm -hmm. And so that's because you are continually learning and you have to have a certain continence to do this. You know, driven, hardworking, putting in the hours, constantly learning and having that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, that's that's so crucially important for everybody to hear. Hopefully, everybody was tuning in and listening loud and clear to what Melinda was saying because it's it's so striking and uh, it's just the truth of the situation, the reality. And I think that when people really take the time and put in the effort and understand that this is not a quick process, this is a this is a lifelong journey, and it's not necessarily a, a sprint but a marathon, as they say. Um, there's there's so much to be had. Now, what I really love about what you're talking about, Linda, is is the acceleration, the process of what took a producer X amount of time frame to do in the past can be squeezed into a faster time frame. However, there's still heavy amounts of work. And there's more to learn now. 
<laughs> right. It, it, what's encouraging and exciting for anybody who's in the business and, and everybody who's tuning into this or everybody's in the business is watching or listening to this. So again, it just kind of speaks notes. But again, from perspective from you, Melinda, that's huge. And I want to I want to kind of shift gears and, and go into this portion because I want everybody to get to know you a little bit deeper and really what drives you. So this next question is the why question. I mean, Melinda, what gets you excited every day out of bed to do what you do to the level that you do it at? What's your driver? What are your whys? Well, and let's face it, getting excited about getting out of bed every day has been very difficult for the last couple of months, <laughs> sure, especially sure. when you were sheltering in place and what do you do? I mean, our house is looking better than ever as we took on projects. But again, it was learning about Zoom calls. It was mm. learning to do virtual open houses. It was, you know, ramping up very quickly to accommodate the market. Wow. So you have to be energized by those things, in my opinion. You have to reach out and say, let's make this a positive. I mean, it's all the same mantras. When mm -hmm. one door closes, another opens. You're mm -hmm. learning by experience. You become better. But I do feel that realtors entering the market at this time frame, mm -hmm. the same way they did after 9-11, the same way they did after 2006, when everything crashed, they become better agents hmm. because you're faced with adversity and the times when everything is rocking and rolling, all you need to put it is a sign in the yard and contracts lined up. You know, people felt that it was fairly easy to do and they weren't faced with challenges. Hmm. But even in those time periods that are easy where discount brokerages pop up everywhere because people don't think that you know, the gravitas and experience make any difference and that all realtors are basically the same. If you have a really well-educated and close client base, they know that what you provide when they're done with everything is much more than what they anticipated or expected. Mm -hmm. And so even in the times that are great, we still are able to get more money for people and have a better transaction along the way. Wow. So there's a lot of pitfalls now, as we know, how many people had contracts falling apart due to people losing their jobs during COVID mm. or lenders that folded up and title companies that weren't willing to stick it out in this market. You know, what do you do when something like that happens? Wow. So we have a joke that most people have a loaded gun pointed at their foot. I think Sandra Nichols said this once, wow. and our job is to keep it from going off. So you're protecting people from themselves that at a time when you really need, you know, when all things are perfect, it's fairly easy. Mm -hmm. But when something goes wrong to have that experience and to know how to save people or save a transaction or help people through a difficult time. And that was especially important during the foreclosures and short sales. And that was very difficult business to do. But again, mm -hmm. it made you stronger and to realize that the real estate market can be fleeting as any business. Right. And you have to know where you're going to fill in and be an asset regardless. I mean, I was selling houses when real estate uh, interest rates were 18, 19%. Wow. The only way you could sell was owner financing. Hmm. Um, we've had wraparound mortgages. We've done things when um, loans were almost impossible to get because money was running out. Hmm. I mean, all these things, I think, make a difference for who you are and living through all these markets just make you better all the time at what you do. So hmm. it really is necessary to have that mind shift 
to look at all these time periods as a positive because what can we learn from it? How can we come out stronger and take advantage of any situation, you know, that is occurring at that moment? Wow. But Melinda, the representation of that for everybody is, is really just being excited for the change and really being able to take some, something that you've created and, and adapt and make it better. And not just better for yourselves or for your family, your clients or community, but for everybody that's involved in your world. And, and I, I think that's equated to any entrepreneurial business or spirit. Um, that way, it's just constantly changing. It's that old adage, um, the only thing that's consistent in this life, in this world is change. We're always changing, right? That's the consistency is the inconsistency. So being comfortable with that and then thriving in it. Um, and understanding that it's going to be there, I think it's really, really great. And again, it, it shows so much strength and, and, and knowledge and drive into you. And again, why you've had so much incredible success and just <laughs> leaving that for everybody out here, which is, is just awesome, Melinda. So I want to get this, I think this is a good segue to go into one of the crowd pleasers of the series because everybody wants to learn from the Titans and, and really breaking it down in a way where if you could look back your career thus far and pick or choose one or two things that you added to your business or implemented or did something differently that you saw a big change, a shift, um, and not just about production, but just overall branding and that sort of thing and, and really taking your business to another level. What's that look like for you? What advice would you give anybody watching or listening? Well, I would say most definitely being coached or having a mentor I think is critical. Wow. Um, it, you're never going to be able to easily go to the next level unless you're learning from somebody who's doing more than you are. So they can help you identify your weaknesses mm -hmm. and strengthen those up and put focus on what you do best to delegate things to others. When I got in the business, there were no such thing as buyer agents. Mm -hmm. There were not teams or group. And now everyone is a team, even if they have a pet. Right. So, <laughs> you know, That's team, great. associate, group, you know, even if it's one and a half people. Right. But the benefit now that a person can come into the business and start working with a very successful group to learn quickly and shadow those people when they're mm -hmm. going on listing appointments or showing. You know, we didn't have any of that. No training. I mean, you were in and on your own. And just, you know, hopefully the broker manager was kind of giving you an idea about what to do. But, you know, you were learning everything from the ground up. Now, did it make me a stronger person? It did. But it took much longer to get there than had someone said, hey, don't even mess with that. Do this. Here's what you need to learn. Here's what you need to read. And so I began going to conferences and there was sweat hogs and star power and rev conferences and all of these places where most agents still don't go off site to go to a conference. Wow. It changed my world as I was looking at what other people were doing that were so far ahead of me. Hmm. And even if you took one or two things to implement it, it changed dramatically. Wow. I think too that, you know, and, and I'd made a few notes here because coming into the business, I think is so important. One of the things that a coach had taught me that again is instrumental is time blocking. Hmm. and having your perfect day. Most of us that are salespeople are sort of all over the place. Right. Don't wake up and have a system. It's like they pop tart into who's calling, you know, who am I gonna be showing houses today, prospecting, whatever they may be doing. 
But if you learn to set aside your week, and I was terrible with this for years, mm. but I'm so bullet efficient now that every day I get up, I've already set my schedule the day before. Okay. So I know exactly from hour to hour what I'm going to be doing. Wow. Don't take appointments on Monday. That's prospecting, calling past clients, uh, customers, um, you know, people that are in the works, listings that I have, buyers that are, you know, in the queue, speaking with my staff and my buyer agents to find out what they're working on and how things are progressing. Hmm. Then there are days that you take appointments. So, you know, everything has a time. And then at six o'clock, and I've always been good at this, I'm done. Wow. So there are people that say they're going to want to work till eight or nine o'clock or present you know, at night, present contracts then or work longer hours. And really that's up to you. But I had made a commitment for my family that at six o'clock, I was going to run the business as a business. Mm -hmm. And so unless it's an emergency, you know, I'm done for the day. Wow. And I find that if you manage those expectations with clients, they're really very good about it. Mm -hmm. I take Thursdays off or at least try to okay. and tell people I'm taking Thursday off and that unless the house is burning down, here's the people that you're going to call that will help you through this. And I think everyone respects the fact you need to recharge. Mm -hmm. I think the newer agents and people starting out have difficulty taking any time off. Right. And so, and if they're on vacation, they're constantly on their phones or checking their emails. I've learned that I don't check emails first thing in the morning. It's very distracting. Okay. But I try to have my phone calls and figure out what I'm doing. And then again, time block for the period of time I'll be answering emails because you can just go down that rabbit hole and mm -hmm. get so involved that you get off course. So that perfect day and time blocking is so critical. Also, starting a CRM database right out of the gate. Okay. Every single person that you meet and work with, you know their birthdays, anniversaries, notes of every conversation that you've had with them, hmm. their children, their pets, their life events, that everything is in this database, which becomes, I, I think we have over 20,000 people in our database at this wow. point. Remember, I've been doing this forever. Sure. So, but now you have a valuable asset Mm -hmm. that over the next five to 10 years, when I go to sell this business, I've got something very saleable because mm -hmm. somebody could walk in and look at who these people are and begin to segue into communicating with them and knowing everything about them, what they've owned, what their likes, dislikes, that kind of thing. Mm. That if I'd started that, because remember we had three by five cards when I started sure. in a prospect <laughs> crate, Love that it. now everything is so computerized and easy to do, mm -hmm. but that really, I think, is critical when you get started. Wow. I, I, Melinda, this is incredible advice all the way through and through. And again, I, I know that we could, we could have an entire episode on this one section and people will be eating up everything inside here. I, I, I encourage everybody to watch this again, listen to this again, take notes and apply this information. This is true, true from one of the best and brightest minds in the real estate world, giving you those gold nuggets, those gems. And at the end of the day, there's so many people that are saying, oh, well, that sounds like it's something that we are already doing or something that seems the basic portion. Well, people don't handle the basics. People they get don't. so distracted and they get pulled in so many different ways. What you just said, Melinda, is priceless in my mind. And um, again, I'll have all of Melinda's 
social media links and sites and everything so you guys can learn and grow and hey, reach out, uh, feel free. Just know that Melinda's not gonna get to your emails until she's ready. <laughs> time block portion, which is, which it is will important. be in that day, except yes. for Thursday. <laughs> yes, except for Thursday, which is important. Setting those expectations and boundaries with Melinda. This has been, you know, when you also ask what gets me up and keeps me going. Yeah, sure. And I know this sounds very altruistic, mm -hmm. but it is job well done. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the business for a certain period of time, you can choose the clients that you want to work with because I have sort of a checklist where someone's going to be, I turned a listing down the other day. The person did not want to pay, you know, and we don't want to speak commissions here, but sure. not even the going rate for a discount broker, hmm. wanted to overprice the house, not prepare it. Wow. And I looked at him and said, number one, why am I here? Mm -hmm. Because that was an important question. But the other is, I don't think you have a lot of respect for real estate agents, or I don't think they've exceeded your expectations. Wow. Am I right? And that was the answer, hmm. that they are order takers to him and anybody, the, the cheapest person to do the job in a market that's vibrant is all he feels he needs. Wow. Sadly, I was not able to compel him, which I think you are for most people, that what you do can make you that extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars mm -hmm. and hold a transaction together. Right. So if somebody is in that situation, there are so many desperate, when I looked at the packages on his table, mm -hmm. so many people were willing to work under those conditions because they're desperate to have business at this point. Wow. But I think you've got to get to a point in your career where you can say no, mm -hmm. or you can say next. Yep. So, because I'll tell you, those people will never be appreciative. And mm -hmm. sometimes the more you do will never satisfy them. And I think they also burn through your team members and your staff because they need the most amount of attention. They're not grateful. And I think at a point you need to decide to do, you know, business with people that appreciate what you do and are so happy at the end of the transaction. So we're so proud of our Google reviews because if I got anything less than a five, I would be extremely concerned by that. Is it, what is it that we can do better? But when someone is so grateful and sees what you have done for them, they are then your you know, mouthpiece to everyone mm -hmm. with their testimonials and you've got to use the estrogen group. They did this, that, and the other. And that's when you don't have to cold call and prospect people you don't know every day of your life because now you have a rich and full database of people that really admire and respect what you do. Mm -hmm. And as long as you keep in touch with them and are good to them many, many times a year, you know, the world is your oyster and you almost have more business, you know, than you can handle. Mm -hmm. uh, that's so true. And I know that people are nodding, you know, as they're watching or listening, because that, that, there, there's so much truth to what you're saying there. And I think furthermore, and just echoing that portion is, Finding the right people that respect and understand and trust you and, and, and really uh, appreciate what you're bringing to the table, not only are they going to continually be repeat clients, but the clients that they refer you to are going to be most likely under the same thought process. They're going to appreciate who you are and what you do because their friend or their family member said how incredible you are and what an asset it is and what a difference it is. So I think that not only is that crucially important and it's not that we don't want more business. I think everybody wants to grow and have different opportunities, but you have, like you said, you have to learn to say no or next. 
Uh, and, and it ends up being more business floods in. Any, well, anybody, in a world where people are afraid to refer people in case it doesn't work out and makes mm -hmm. them look bad, right. to really be an advocate for us and, and to go to that means everything to me because mm -hmm. they've put their trust in me, which is a reflection on them. So it's as important to keep in contact with that agent that refers you someone or a past client that refers you someone or your sphere of influence to let them know exactly what's happening and what you've done for these people so that that carries on. So um, of course this takes time. You know, you're not gonna have raving fans out of the gate, but if you do the right thing and you really care about the outcome, and you learn to be the best at your profession, mm. people will seek you out. And I think if you just keep that top of mind, and we talked earlier about bringing your brethren into this. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you having, you know, uh, networked and kept relationships with some of the best and brightest and learning from all of them, including mm. in our own area, because we started a group 25 years ago, I think, called the Power Players, Wow! which was a group started by a mortgage loan officer. Hmm. He started it all over the country, but there's only two groups nationwide that are still together after all this time, and ours is one of them. Hmm. So I sort of lead this group now because I'm one of the founding members, but we have people from all different companies throughout hmm. the Washington, D.C. area that are at the top of their business wow. who share ideas once a month, how they do business, how they pay their staff, how they recruit new agents, how they price, closing strips and dialogues, things that work very well for them. We're all completely open and trust each other, even though we're competing against each other in this marketplace. And one of the best, you know, if you treat your agents around you very well, mm -hmm. I interviewed with three other agents because in our area, people will interview three to four agents. Sure. You know, they don't know you through mm -hmm. my geographic farming. And that's one of the other things when you start, we'll talk later about geographic farming because sure. that's very strong. All other three agents and the owner shared that with me, said, mm -hmm. if I had to lose a listing, I would have preferred to lose it to Melinda Astrid. She's great. She's going to do a great job for you. Well, I called every single one of those agents mm -hmm. because I said to the people, they're terrific too. I'm glad I got the business and I still feel I'm the best person for you, but these other people are terrific. But the fact that you would have agents saying that about you makes all the difference to me that seeing those agents across the table when you're presenting offers, your offer now will have precedence when you're dealing with this agent because you trust each other, know each other, and you need to be sure that they feel respected, that they're treated fairly, and that you don't put your interest above theirs. If there was any lesson from today, it is network and be good to your fellow agent. And it all comes back to you twofold. There is just no question about it. Wow. And, and I just think that that's absolutely incredible for the example that you're setting right here and just kind of laying that foundation and tone for everybody. If they're not acting this way, if they're not thinking this way in their business, if they're not trying to mastermind and really make sure that they're playing well with their, uh, essentially their competitors, their colleagues, right? But at the end of the day, there's business for everybody and there's something to be learned from everyone. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you have, how, how new or seasoned you are in the business, there's perspective to be taken and to be shared. And I think that that just elevates the entire industry. It elevates the entire experience for the client. Um, to, to have 
that particular seller look down upon an industry to say that I don't need this, this, and this, I just need bare bones. That's not what we want to perpetuate. And, and I think that looking at it from the standpoint of coming together and not be apart is, is the goal and, and having that unified front. Uh, but and I think is, what you're going to hear from other agents across the country is that some of the newer agents that have entered the business or some of the younger people do not have that affinity or care about their uh, other agents out there. Hmm. So they're behaving badly, whether they're selling listings to their own buyers and cutting other people out, hmm. whether they're not playing fairly and they're not, you know, networking with these agents, you know, to build those relationships. Hmm. And so I hear that constantly, how unprofessional, you know, people not treating houses that they show well, not making appointments, not getting back to you, not returning phone calls, hmm. you know, emailing in an offer without ever talking to the listing agent. I think if their clients knew what was happening behind the scenes, you know, they would be very unhappy that mm -hmm. somebody was not going the distance and doing what they needed to do because the agents that will call me and say in a multiple contract arena, I'm having my lender call you to let you know how well qualified my people are rather than me have to hunting down the lender. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is it going to take? What do your people need? you know, what are their uh, have tos? How can I make my offer better? Let me tell you a little bit about my clients, wow. anything I can do, Melinda, and then be standing by the phone. If there needs to be a change or answer the question, you know, and, and get it wrapped up by the end of the evening, mm. it sounds like that's 101, but you would be surprised when you're presenting 10 offers that only two to three agents ever take the time to do that. Well, right. they move way up the ladder and you want to work with those people over somebody else because you trust them and they're professional. Right. I, I mean, I, I think that that is a, a commonality. And unfortunately, there's, there's just as, uh, you know, looking at from the prospect of people doing it the right way and the wrong way. And I, I hopefully the people that are tuning into this, they really understand that it's, let's, let's do it to a higher standard. Let's do it the right way. Let's really learn and, and build this craft to, to something that it has been and will continue to be to that standard. But Melinda, this has just been absolutely incredible. I want to, but I want to shift gears going to this note inside here, this next question. It's the tricky part of the series and the interview and it's the challenge question. So I always lead into it with every Titan this way. We all have challenges or struggles in our lives, whether they're personal or professional, no one's exempt. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's in the past, we're dealing with it now or in the future. It's not so much in my opinion, what it is, but what we can learn from and grow from and, and also share with others. Uh, and it's not to downplay pain or sorrow, but uh, I really find it to be the importance of what we can learn. So, if you're comfortable sharing a personal or professional challenge that you dealt with, you overcame, came stronger because of it, what's that look like for you, Melinda? Well, and there's two events in my life. I mean, obviously there's many as you go through your career and the length of time I've been in it. Right. But I would say, um, and I had even told you earlier, I had two mm -hmm. agents with me, one for 13 years and another for 10 that mm -hmm. I had hired very young that had no real estate experience and they became very, very successful mm -hmm. under my leadership. And I had truly felt over the next five to 10 years that I'll be transferring this business 
And of course, the natural order of things is they would take over the business and carry on the brand. Mm -hmm. Well, during COVID and unbeknownst to me, there had been, because they've been so successful, sure. you know, they were being courted and recruited by, you know, as we all are, all kinds of different real estate agencies. And they came to me to say suddenly without any notice that they were mm -hmm. leaving to start their own group. Wow. And they took my office manager that I'd spent quite a bit of money hiring and training. Hmm. And so I was devastated right. and immediately called two of the people that coach me and that I respect a great deal, mm -hmm. sort of lift you up off the carpet and talk you off the ledge, right. saying that this has happened to them many, many times and that I was lucky to have had them as long as I did. Mm -hmm. And that although it was not done well, and probably not with the respect that I would have liked it to have been done. Right. Uh, you know, they're going to do what they need to do. And I had to take about 24 hours to try to get over that, mm. you know, to then look at it as if I'm going to have to start building again, which is sure. never easy because you think you have your life laid out in front of you and then something upsets the apple cart. Yeah. So of course it's a learning experience mm -hmm. and I feel in some ways maybe they weren't the right person to take over the business right. and now maybe there's an open path to doing something differently. Mm -hmm. So now um, I'm looking into combining with another top agent in our area. Wow. I've already hired um, and will be hiring two more agent associates that again are new to the business okay. that I probably am going to start that process over again. Mm. But you know, <laughs> I, even if they were to leave in five to 10 years, I'll be on my way doing something else. Right. But I think everyone needs to know there's no certainty in this business. And mm. the people that you feel are loyal and you feel you have all the faith in the world that will stay with you, mm. people are always looking and doing something differently. So that was right. the first thing that really pulled the carpet. I mean, I had calls from agents all over my area when they found out saying, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, they loved you, you know, this was forever. And so that was one. Right. The other, I was diagnosed with cancer about six years ago. Oh, and I remember getting the phone call and I was so stunned and shocked that you're just in a fog because it was invasive. I needed surgery, chemo, radiation, all of that. Um, got through that, but I can honestly tell you, and I know it all sounds again, like, you know, everyone's going la da da, you know, <laughs> But cancer really changed my life in terms of focusing on what was really important to me. Mm. So I think the time that it made the biggest impression, I was driving home from work and I had been through two or three chemo uh, sessions and it had just started to snow. Mm. And of course, in the past, everyone's like, oh man, you've got to shovel your driveway. This is slowing business down. What a pain in the neck. And as I looked to my left in the park I live near to, the geese were out. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And in wow. that moment, rather than seeing the problems that it caused, how beautiful everything was, and to really notice that, to slow down and notice. My husband and I became closer as a result. Wow. I found out all these other women had been through the same situation. We became closer. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to be supportive and an advocate for other people I found out that were going through the same thing to help them through this process. So, you know, it makes you reshift. I decided at that point that there were clients I was not going to work with again because they were mm -hmm. too difficult. Life was too precious wow. and to really be happy every day for your health because mm -hmm. we all hear it happening to other people when it happens to you. It's a very different 
situation because then you don't know how much longer you're going to have. Right. So every year that goes by where you go in for the test again and you find you're clear, uh, you know, is always a breath of fresh air that you've got another year, you know, mm. hopefully. So mm. I would say to people that it's sad that it takes an event like that as a wake up call mm -hmm. to really reanalyze your life and what you're looking at. Because as we are type A hard workers, mm -hmm. you know, we have to, as, as well as we're growing and, and trying to do better, we always have to ask when is enough enough? Mm. So, you know, when do you stop and enjoy the fruits of your labor versus pushing yourself and have it be never ending? Mm. You know, you do need to take that time to enjoy and enjoy how hard you've worked and the profits that you've made to do things that, you know, make a difference to you, take more time off, take that trip that you've always been waiting to take, mm. be closer to your family. And I think COVID has helped with that too. Yes. That when you're at home with your children, your family, your husband, you know, that is, you know, everyone's going a million miles a minute in different directions. This now force you to look at the relationship you have with your family, good or bad. I think we've all heard of a lot of divorces that have happened. Sure, and, you sure. know, once you have to face all that, it's a different story. But that's really a life lesson. Don't wait for something to happen to you, hopefully, to have that mind shift where you really start honoring and appreciating every day. And your people always say health is everything. Mm -hmm. You don't know that until it's taken away from you for a period of time. Yeah, I, I mean, Melinda, that's that's so true. And, and you know, first of all, I just want to thank you for sharing those things because it's not easy to air your stuff out in front of everybody. But I, I guess the the point to that is that when you're talking about the professional um, and the personal, it's it's something that you've taken to your heart and you've learned and grown from, and obviously have been able to share that with loved ones and, and everybody out here who's watching or listening. And that makes a difference. That makes an impact. And uh, no matter what any of us are going through, there's somebody that has it worse. There's somebody who's already been through that. There's somebody who's Isn't lost that, that life. So we just need to, I guess, constantly remind and through your advice is just appreciate every moment, appreciate those relationships and your health and, and the fact that you can get up every day and, and have an opportunity to, to craft a world and a life that you, you have a choice on. And not everybody does, or, or when I say not everybody does, not everybody understands that they can. Uh, or believes that they can. And, and I just, that part to me is, is so crucially important because at the end of the day, we're all people and it doesn't matter what your production is or, you know, how, how large your team is or what you've done in your career. And, and it's, it's at the end of the day, it's the impacts and it's, it's you living your world and inspiring others, but then continually inspiring yourself to do more for others. And I just, Melinda, that was really, really, um, heartfelt. And I appreciate you sharing that with everybody. Cause it, again, it's not easy to kind of talk about that, but I, I really like that section. I do want to shift gears on a, on a softer. Well, I want to make one more comment oh, that please we spoke do. about before the interview. Please do. Is please. that, you know, a lot of people watching this, when they see people that have been the business a million years and they're doing a thousand transactions or 150 transactions or you know, they've got a group of 50 or mm -hmm. a group of five or six, you have to really find your comfort level about what you want. Mm. So everyone wants to grow and make more money, but what does that look like? So how far do you want to go? You don't have to emulate people that have a group of 30. Now you can, when you hear these numbers, 
you know, how many people are working with them or for them. So sure. I don't want people to be intimidated with, well, I'm never going to get there and I'm never going to be that. So why even try, mm. you know, be good at what you do, be the best. If you are curious or interested about growing, I always think having some sort of group or team is helpful because it helps you have a life. So having done this all on my own, I chose not to want to be behind the computers to do social media, to fill out contracts, to do all the legwork, to put together the listing packages, to do all of my marketing myself, which is what a single agent will do. There were people better equipped to do that. So then you say, well, how are you going to pay them? So these are all the leaps that you make as you go along, but you do tend to figure it out. And if you are entrepreneurial, whether you share an assistant with somebody, whether you know a buyer agent comes to you, it's some group of people that all have the same goal that then you can go on vacations and let people handle your work when you're gone and not have to be checking your phone or email every five seconds, you know, even though I know there are people that still do, but... <laughs> You know, when you can join forces so that even if you're down one day, someone else in the group is going to lift you up. Mm -hmm. So having that concerted group effort for me was really a game changer because I wanted to work harder to help them be better. Mm -hmm. So that's the rejuvenation. When you're doing this on your own for a long period of time, you can run into these lulls and down times where you're not... But if you have a staff that you need to be accountable to Mm. and they're there every day and agent associates that are looking to you to answer questions and help them develop their business, now you have that structure and day that you've got to show up. And so if anyone is even thinking about starting a team or a group, that's a good reason to do it. Wow. Love it. And again, from perspective of walking that, you know, eat, sleeping and breathing, uh, to be a true practitioner and then listening to that perspective to me is priceless. Uh, and, and I absolutely love the fact that you're saying this and bringing this to the audience because it's incredible. I, I want to go to this part. It is a softer question and it's actually <laughs> one of my favorites. It's the travel back in time question. So again, as we kind of pre-discussed before we went live, but going through, this is not to change anything you've been through in your life. The positives and the negatives, they made you who you are. It really crafted and molded that in a way. But if you could go back in time, Melinda, and talk to your younger self at any time frame, any age range, what would you say to your younger self? That it's a long road mm-hmm. with a lot of challenges and you never know what's coming your way. And to learn to accept your situation, because when you're young, you're infallible. Nothing bad is going to happen. You don't think about health, people dying, parents dying, taking care of things. It's, it's harder getting older because of all those things you have to learn to do and to accept mm. as you age. So, you know, taking advantage of every minute to enjoy everything you do. And on a night, a beautiful evening, a trip, visiting another country, you know, having very close friends and strong relationships are the things that carry you through life and make you happy. Mm -hmm. So it's not all fun and games that I think if you look at the long game and where you're going to be at the very end, I think I might've been smarter about some things, but without going through those challenges, I wouldn't be where I am today anyway. Right. So 
you know, as you say, we have to go through them regardless. Mm -hmm. And would I have changed anything? I probably would have gotten a mentor or a coach quicker, as I talked about before, okay. to help, you know, get somewhere uh, faster mm -hmm. uh, and also to try to find the areas of the business that you really enjoy the most and focus on those. Have your niche, you know, have that one thing you really enjoy doing and perfect that so mm -hmm. that you look forward to doing it and, and you become the best at it, you know, of anyone in your market. Wow. I just, I, that is one of my favorite questions. And I think you and I, we discussed this before we went live, but it's not because we can't go back, right? We can't, we can't change what's been going on, but we can affect today and the decisions that we're making now that reflect into our future. And that's everybody who's watching and listening, myself included. I mean, this is beautiful advice. And again, not just for young Melinda, but everybody out there, uh, which is really, really great. So uh, this, we have two questions left, Melinda. We're almost mm -hmm. done, but this has been okay. absolutely incredible. This next question is one of the crowd pleasers as well. And because everybody wants to learn the way the Titans learn. Now this comes down to the feeding of the mind question. So I always lead into it with books you're reading or have read that you enjoy podcasts you're listening to, uh, influencers or coaches, mentors, conferences you attend. I mean, any way that you're really feeding your mind, what's that look like for you? Well, I can tell you that conferences, because I've been speaking at conferences and being a moderator on conferences, which mm -hmm. is a very different role because you want to bring the best out of people rather than sharing what you know. Right. Conferences really changed my life. When I resonated with somebody, and I mentioned Star Power and Howard Bratton that many people may or may not have heard of on this podcast, but he and Mike Ferry were really the leaders yeah. in taking agents out of their area, pulling together agents that are in the business now. And I know they're Buffini people and you know lots of trainers, but there was something about hearing from agents that are in the field now doing what they're doing. And people like Patrick Lilly and his, you know, uh, Rev conferences bring people from all over the country that are at the top of their game. So regardless of what area they're in uh, or the volume of business they're doing, it's amazing the things you learn from them. I mean, I was hiring a buyer agent because I went and saw people that were doing it and making it work and figuring out a way to do it back when it was unheard of, wow. you know, now improving your websites, improving your marketing, you know, doing things differently than anybody else is doing them. Hmm. You're never going to learn that if you're in your insular little office, because people tend to be private about what they're doing mm -hmm. because you're competing directly. But you know, it's all about abundance and not scarcity. The wow. more people share, the more you share everyone, you'll find a way to do it better. So you give someone a good idea and they say, Hey, but what about this or putting a twist on it so that you can do yours better? So through teaching, you learn. Mm -hmm. So that's been really instrumental to me. Love um, I love the um, Burl Workman uh, has some great podcasts with okay. good agents. Mm -hmm. Patrick Lilly does wonderful podcasts that are great. Mm -hmm. um, I love Inman because I go in to read their articles and to see what's happening and how people are doing things differently. So I think, again, there's a fire hose of information and inspirational videos. And I tell people, don't just rely on the real estate industry to learn from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got a lot of other industries that have wonderful conferences that as a business professional, you're growing, whether it's real estate or not. Right. So, um, 
you know, those things, I think, too, going to a different kind of conference from a business platform that is teaching just business leaders how to do things better can also be very helpful. And again, very, very high level. So Love it. I go places, you know, I've got several network groups um, that I visit several times a year. It's good to get off site so that you're concentrating. But, you know, some of the conferences I go to talk about what to invest in moving in the future. Where is the world going? What is commercial real estate going to look like in 10 years? What is residential real estate going to look like in 10 years? How do you set yourself apart and be ahead of the curve to prepare for that? Wow, it's huge. I absolutely love that. And I, I know that um, I, I do want to discuss this because you have an affiliation with Forbes and I would love for you to, to chat a little bit about that and kind of what what you're doing there. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that. Uh, well, and at a conference, there was another agent that said, you know, you ought to consider being on the Forbes council because, okay. you know, you have to have a certain income limit and mm -hmm. a certain amount of production and been in the business a certain amount of time. But again, it's, you know, business leaders from all over, mm -hmm. but it has a huge real estate division. So I started writing articles that they're publishing and I get a lot of feedback from that. Love and it. you answer questions from the public and other business owners. So a great way to network and a great way to get your name out there, which is, is wonderful, but you're learning and hopefully sharing that knowledge with people as well. Fantastic. And I, I want I, to talk about my books yes, too. Yes, please do. Let's do it. Yeah, this is, okay. this is the feeding of the so, mind, Melinda. So here we go. Bob Bolin was my coach for many years and still is. I go to his conferences and he and his wife, are, Lillian Montalto, hmm. are two of the most special people and giving people that I know. And they're hmm. doing an ungodly amount of real estate. I will never be on that level and I'm okay with that. Right. But he wrote a book called Clarity. Okay. which to me is the most concise and hands-on nuts and bolts mm -hmm. about how to begin your real estate career and what you need to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. And if you follow those rules and guidelines and, and his le life lessons, uh, to me, it's the best book that any new or agent starting out or even someone that's been in the business for 10 years would wow. really profit by. And I believe it's on Amazon. So, but He's, he's just a, a business genius and okay. everything he's done is always thinking out of the box. And so it's very hands-on. Mm. The other, which I would show you is Sean Askenazi, mm. which is called uh, Meaningful Work, okay. which uh, is a gentleman that changed paths, probably in midlife crisis, very successful mm. litigating attorney that went into a whole nother uh, self-fulfilling and giving back business of mm. creating chocolate with you know african uh countries uh south american you know helping these people be successful and through their success he's become very successful hmm. and has a multi-million dollar operation but it's good for any business owner because it tells you how to make your business meaningful hmm. and that you need to find the joy and giving back in something in your business, which is the mode that I'm in at this point. You know, you're younger in this business, you're working 24 seven, there's no time for anything else. But as you move along and become more successful and help the people that work for you become successful, I think it's very important, you know, and it sounds again like the old adage, but to give back and not just throw money at it, but get involved in things. It's wonderful to support charities financially, mm -hmm. but the message in his book is that you getting in there and doing it 
whether it's ham hammering nails for Habitat for the Humanity mm -hmm. or reading to underprivileged children, which I did for years, wow. something that really is changing somebody's life that changes your life and, and makes life worthwhile. Without that, you ask yourself why at the end of the game. What was your why and what fulfilled you and filled you up? A um, couple of quotes I want to share that yes. I think synopsize all of this as I was because I read them all the time. But one of them is to give real service, you must add something which cannot be bought or measured with money. And that is sincerity and integrity. Wow. And I think that is our mantra and how we've run our business. Because if you're an honest and, and a person full of integrity, that translates to everyone because you care about what happens to them, not what happens to you. And that is a real shift that I think is very important in our business. And the other one, which goes again to a lot of what we've been saying, yeah. if I have seen further than others, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. And that's Isaac Newton. And that is absolutely the case that by mentoring and people doing more than you or people that you learn from, the giants in the business, that's when it opens up and you see everything about what you can be and what you can do and, and live a purposeful life. Wow. I mean, Melinda, that sums you up so beautifully. And again, just really uh, encapsulates everything that we were speaking for, for, for this particular episode. And uh, I can't thank you enough. It's just been chock full of amazing information and takeaways and so compelling for everybody out there. I know everybody is super excited about this content. And I just cannot wait to get the feedback from the Titan Nation. But I, I just want to thank you again, Melinda, for taking the time. And, and it's been such an honor and a pleasure to have this conversation with you and share this with the world. And um, you are an official real estate Titan, so I have to I have to <laughs> that in there. That is an official thing. But uh, well, thank you. We learn from you, and that's that's your purpose, and makes your job so worthwhile. So you get it. I, I love it. Every day is a, is, a, is a experience and a blessing. And I'm very humbled and honored just to spend time with you guys, you know, every week. And it's incredible. Uh, but thank you again, Melinda. And everybody, Absolutely. thank you out there, as always, for your love and support, your time and attention. Uh, if you like here what we're doing with Real Estate Titans, please don't forget to like, subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I do have to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lionbolt Media. If you are in real estate, you're looking to grow and scale your business on the digital end, really capitalizing and capturing your local markets with exposure and generating high value clients all at the same time, please visit lionboltmedia.com. Could you spell that so that I can hear that yes, too? Lionbolt Media. So it's L-I-O-N-B-O-L-T. Any, any, uh, bolt in the back that's a neon oh like that, <laughs> that and there's, there's a lion there and there's a bolt there i mean okay. what, you know, but it happens to be the logo for uh real estate titans is a lion with a lightning bolt yes um yeah. kind of kind no, of a fun great. play on words but uh, yeah it's just lionboltmedia.com with anybody who's interested in that for sure but um as always everybody we are live here at real estate titans every tuesday and every friday afternoon with a different titan a different location catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Melinda. Thank you. Thank you very much.